Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing 10 essentials for retirement, also six ways to invest passively. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear it, Brian. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. We've got another great show lined up for us. Brian, I don't know if you were a Boy Scout or not, but I know that the Boy Scouts have this motto, it's be prepared. A big part of a Scout's ability to be prepared has to do with always having on them their 10 essentials. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there are probably, Brian, at least 10 essentials when it comes to retirement planning. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited about this show because it's important to talk about technical aspects of investing in markets and, and what's going on and all that. But retirement is so much bigger than a spreadsheet. You could have the best spreadsheet in the world and have a lousy life. You could have no spreadsheet and have a great life. We're going to talk about, again, this show today is talking about how to have a better life. And so just going through this, I don't know anybody that would be listening to this go, well, that was a waste of my time listening to those 10 things that could help me with my life. So uh, hopefully if you're listening, uh, stay tuned because we're going to go over some stuff that maybe you thought about and maybe you even have, but sometimes you have something and I might kind of challenge you, well, what is the quality and depth of that thing that you do have? You know, maybe you say, well, I can check that box, but it's a really light, small check. You know, I want a big, dark, heavy check uh, if I'm going to check a box on having a good quality of life. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the 10 essentials for that. And again, this is not necessarily a lot of financial information going through this list today. It's going to be more qualitative, life quality of life kind of thing uh, instead. Well, Brian, we're going to talk about 10 essentials here, but do you really have to have all 10? I mean, couldn't you have just a couple and be all right? Well, uh, define all right, because I would say, yeah, you, you should have all 10. Absolutely. But, you know, all right, you know, you can choose to live a very mediocre life and make poor decisions and live a long time. People do that all the time. But those people probably aren't listening to Growing Your Wealth on the radio today. So we're going to try and help you have the best life you can have, not the most mediocre life you can have. And my show is not called, you know, how to have a, a financially and overall mediocre or less life life and stay warm until you die. That is not the name of the show or what the purpose is. And and a lot of people define successful retirement by, you know, the numbers on their their statement. And as I look at my my list here of 10 items, nowhere on there is a 60/40 stock bond split. You know, a lot of people, you know, I have one item on there and that's it. Okay, I have a 60/40 stock bond split, my retirement's great, right? I'm like, well, that's not even on my list. And as we always say on the show, there, there is no such thing as a perfect investment, and there's no such thing as a perfect investment strategy. Now, a lot of the world and a lot of people listening do have a 60-40 stock bond split. If they've gone to a big box broker dealer or most financial advisors, they, they tend to put them in, in a box like that. And, you know, what, what we're going to talk about is so much more than that. One of the things, you know, we started this with a, a Boy Scout analogy, and I know with that, uh, talk to a Boy Scout and, and give them a map, it's not much help if they don't have a compass. And a compass doesn't help you if you don't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. So why do you have what you have in your portfolio? Are you using your investments, products, and strategies correctly? Well, a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people are very limited in that. So we'll kind of kick it off here. And now that we've kind of set up the 10 essentials for retirement, and the first one I want to talk about is having a lifestyle plan. Now, in my book, The Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement, the chapter on uh, lifestyle plan does focus on cash flow because in retirement, that's really the most important thing. Yeah, you can have a million dollars on your statement, 10 million, 100 million, whatever. That may not affect your life. It's what you can spend that does more so. 
And so having an income plan is essential to that. However, a lifestyle plan, it goes beyond that. A lifestyle plan says, how are you going to live that life? How are you going to spend that money? And one of the best examples I have is I've run into a lot of people that have a ton of money in their portfolio. They've got real estate, they've got market investments, 401ks, all that stuff. More than they'll ever spend. But almost invariably, when we start talking about spending some of it, they're pushing back saying, well, I can't do what you just said. And usually I'm just repeating what they told me. So, you know, do you want to do X, Y, and Z? And they're going, well, it's too expensive. Well, define that. (laughs) Define what that (laughs) means. Because some of us just think we can't ever spend any of our money. I, I was just talking to somebody yesterday. He had a farm. He had all kinds of assets, had 10 rental houses. He's in his late 70s and he's a widower. And just the, the thought of why don't you sell one of those rentals and take the $500,000 and add 50000 a year for 10 years to your vacation budget? Well, I might as well have been talking Greek to the person. I mean, like, what? Sell yeah. one of them and not reinvest it? Are you crazy? I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. You're in your late 70s. Wouldn't you like to have an extra 50 grand a year and instead of having whatever, 10 houses, only have nine to leave to somebody else? I mean, doesn't this just make sense? No, it's not a financial decision. It doesn't make you richer when you pass away. It doesn't have you have more assets to leave to the next generation, which didn't earn it in the first place, so they may not hang on to it well, but it helps your lifestyle. So it's, it's just taking this head on and going, what do I want that lifestyle to look like? You mean when I look at that cruise that I, I don't have to go on carnival with 6,000 other people? I can go on the, the Seaborn and, mm-hmm. oh, I can fly first class in one of those lay down pods to get there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can get one of the suites with a beautiful balcony and an extra room when I'm on that trip? But that's expensive, Brian. Yeah. But if you have the wherewithal, think about that. If that's what you want to do, then plan to do it that way. That's just one example of a million examples. I've heard from people that have the the means, but their brain doesn't let them because they've been in saver mode from day one. They were taught to save by their parents who went through the Great Depression. They've been in saver mode. They've got all this money. They've done all, made a lot of good decisions. They don't have time on their side though. And they haven't done the things they want to do. So take a look at your lifestyle plan and really assess it. You got to have a financial plan, I believe, to properly assess your lifestyle plan because you don't want to, well, I, I did what you said, Brian, and then I ran out of money in three years because I only had a hundred grand in my retirement plan. Well, okay, you need a different plan. You need a different lifestyle plan. Don't go sleep in the first class pods and go into Europe if you got a hundred <laughs> grand in your retirement. So this is a such an important thing to, to really think about and assess. I mean, we all have a lifestyle plan. It may be mediocre, but this is not a show about living a mediocre life. 10 Essentials for Retirement. We've covered the lifestyle plan there. And Brian, I think the takeaway is you never want to be the richest person in the graveyard. That money's not going to do you any good when you're six feet under. Spend it while you can, but do it wisely with a proper lifestyle plan. So what is the next of the 10 Essentials for Retirement? This is purpose. Having a purpose for your life, something other than just, as I term it, uh, staying warm until you die. Mm-hmm. And I've met some of those folks, and they're just like perfectly happy, sleeping in, watching TV, uh, having a couple cocktails and going to sleep, and then doing it again the next day. And, and that they're just essentially staying warm until they die. I doubt people listening to this show are those people. But we all know them, and if you want to be that, that's fine. That's your decision. I don't want that. I want purpose. And one of the stats that I I ran across was 30% of retirees, almost a third, become depressed within a year of retiring. Wait a second. Retirement's the best thing ever, right? Not if you don't have any purpose. Make sure you find a reason to get up in the morning. Make sure that thing allows you to connect with other people. You need purpose to be happy. That could be spending time with your grandkids, uh, your spouse, charitable endeavors. I I do a ton of those very purposeful stuff. I feel like really important. I, people count on me. They rely on me. I've got purpose at work. I, I do this radio show. I try to help people have a better life. I think that's really important. I feel really good about that. I'm excited to get up every day. I don't come to work and go, oh gosh, I got to go to work today. I get up and go, gosh, I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate. I get to go to work today mm-hmm. because I have purpose. And in retirement, uh, that's almost a dirty word to me. I, I know I help other people retire, but personally, I gosh, I better keep doing something that, yeah. that has meaning. And whether it's work, charity, family, friend, whatever it is, find your purpose in life. That is probably the most important thing to address to have a successful retirement. You don't need a lot of money if you have a lot of purpose. And so you really focus 
focused on what is my purpose? Why will I be getting up in five years, in 10 years? Visualize what that looks like. And then I want to work backwards to make sure that happens. And Brian, I think that is a really, really good point. There are so many people, as you said, go into retirement. They do the honeydews and, you know, about a month later, they've got nothing to do. I think really the takeaway would be to think about retiring to something and not from something. So think about those things that you would like to do in life. Maybe you want to explore a new hobby or, as you said, give back to the community. But remember, retire to something so that you have a purpose. 10 Essentials for Retirement. We've talked about two. Brian, what's the next one? An estate plan. So we're all mortal. And a lot of us don't like to think about that. Uh, you know, in my job, I work with death and taxes, you know, because we have the CPA firm and the investment firm. Whenever we do a financial plan, we have to address the inevitable. On that plan, I have people passing away. And what do we think your assets and, and income and so forth is going to look like during that time that you're still here? And so since we're going to pass away and most of my clients have significant assets or, you know, relatively significant assets at least. And an estate plan is really important. There's different aspects of that. Some is just uh, making sure that when you pass, money isn't going to the state of Washington, to the federal government, wherever you're at, that didn't have to. And there are a gazillion people out there that are subject to unnecessary taxes, especially in the state of Washington, unnecessary taxes when they pass away that could have been solved with a simple paragraph in their will. And I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you have a big estate, it, it could literally be millions. And so I just, you know, having an estate plan, having a, the documents is so critical. I have them updated. The health care directive, critical. The durable power of attorney, critical. And then the, the will or living trust, depending, and having the, the proper wording in there to protect the next generation, the generation after that. Because, you know, with a 50% divorce rate, you might, uh, if you're leaving money directly to a child, say, and that child is going to meet somebody, maybe get married, maybe get divorced 50-50, and then that person gets half of your estate that you've never met that divorced your kid. So yeah, you can do protections in your estate plan for trust to leave money maybe multi-generationally to cover certain things like education, starting a business, buying a first house. If you can think it, you can do it. And you don't want your kids just ruining their relationships, arguing over your inheritance. It happens all the time. You can put provisions in your will or living trust that can provide that that's likely not going to happen or that somebody is in charge that doesn't have a, an emotional attachment to it that has a, a proper disconnected attachment. There are so much you can do, but having an estate plan, essential, essential to what we're talking about today. And Brian, I know you've got a lot of stories about people with estate plans and the fellow with a million dollar lawnmower who didn't have that paragraph in his will or his final documents there that cost his family a million dollars and who gets the cactus plant something as menial as that people fighting over who's going to get mom's cactus plant so so whether or not you believe it or not an estate plan is very very important so brian that is three of the 10 essentials for retirement what is the fourth one Having an umbrella insurance policy. An umbrella insurance policy basically says if you're not covered for something very unusual, this would cover it. So we live in a very litigious society and people will sue somebody else over just about anything. And maybe your insurance covers to a certain amount. You get a, a fender bender and they claim, you know, oh, gee, you, you wrecked my spine or whatever. Mm -hmm. We want a million dollars. You look at your insurance company policy and you go, huh. I'm only insured to 300K. Who's going to pay the other 700? Or, you know, just anything. Somebody solicits you in, in the winter and slips on your, your doorstep, the famous you know thing there, hits her head. Yeah. And now you're going, wow, a stranger I didn't know. I had, please, no solicitation. They slipped because I hadn't gotten up yet to clear that. And now I'm going to lose everything because I don't have, I'm not properly insured. So ins uh, umbrella insurance policies, they're very cheap. You know, one rule of thumb might be to look at your net worth. If your net worth $3 million, maybe get a two three million dollar umbrella insurance policy so it's a good exercise to go to through because the insurance company will also make sure that all of your insurances are up to snuff and when i first got mine they go well you're you're this that and the other aren't very adequate already and i say oh well let's get those fixed and on top of that i want a big old umbrella insurance policy so i don't have to worry about these frivolous lawsuits 
That's right, Brian, and people can sue for almost anything. I've got a neighbor who has one of those little beepers in his lawn, and it goes off about every 15 seconds to keep the moles away. I could claim, well, it's driving me insane. It's driving me <laughs> insane just hearing you tell that story. Which it My is. Goodness. It goes off day and night, and you can't even go outside. I could file a lawsuit and say, your beeper caused me to go insane. And there's an attorney who would take that. So umbrella insurance, very, very important. Next one, Brian, is going to be what? A health care plan. We are living longer than ever before, but we are also getting sicker during that extended period of life. It used to be, you know, you'd find out you have something, and you go, well, you got six months to live, you know, and, and now they're like, well, we can prolong this, and, and you know, that's not going to kill you, and then everything that comes up, or we can prolong you, you know, you're going to live longer and longer. Well, other things are going to happen the longer you live. Again, in the old days, you know, you get one bad thing and that might have been it for you, you know. And, and now with evolution of medicine and treatment, we can hang around a lot longer, but we're going to have a lot more years where we're old and have infirmities. So having a health care plan, whether it's long-term care, you know, it's more than just insurance, having the right Medicare supplements and, and so forth, but having a plan for that, where you're going to live, how you're going to live, what your house going to be like, all this stuff uh, folds into a health care plan. And Brian, if my arithmetic's right, we are about halfway through the 10 Essentials for Retirement. So I'm sure that our listeners may have some questions about our topic today. If you're listening to the program today, you want to get in with a Madrona advisor and ask your specific questions about whether or not you have these 10 Essentials for Retirement, it's quite simple to do. Call 833-673-7373 right now so that you can ask your questions and get the answers that you need. Once again, 833-673-7373 to request your Madrona 30-point analysis. Now, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could be the most important call that you'll make related to your retirement. Now, you must have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify. And if you do, as a bonus, we'll send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Once again, not going to cost you a dime. It is a 30-point analysis that could change the course of your retirement, a retirement that could last 30-plus years. Once again, that number, and you can call it right now, phone lines are open. 833-673-7373, 833-673-7373. We're talking about the 10 Essentials for Retirement with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And Brian, we've covered a lifestyle plan, purpose in retirement, an estate plan, an umbrella policy, and a health care plan. Brian, what's number six? Having a CPA that understands your financial situation and the financial products out there. CPAs can be critical when it comes to saving taxes and having a plan for that. Taxes will likely be your biggest expense in retirement. And so that can be a critical thing. But as I opened the show today, I talked about the quality and depth of each of these 10 points. Now, being a CPA, I sure know that there are CPAs that are really good at filling out forms. There are CPAs that are really good at advising and there are CPAs that avoid it at all costs. And, and certainly there's a lot of financial advisors that say, well, I do tax planning too. And I was just speaking to a, a big auditorium full of advisors and I challenged them. I said, you know, everybody in this room says they're tax advisors, yet how many of you actually have a tax return, a copy of your client's tax return that you look at? And I was like, no hands went up. I said, well, how in the world do you do tax planning if you haven't looked at a tax return? And so the same thing on, on the flip side, oh, I have a CPA. Okay. Do you guys talk about strategies? Does that CPA understand how annuities and universal life or Delaware statutory trust fit into your plan? And they go, well, they say they hate annuities. Oh, really? They hate guaranteed increasing lifetime cash flow that can't run out for you and your spouse second to die. And if you both die prematurely, there's a, a death benefit that goes to the kids or the next generation. Oh, well, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. No, it's certainly not in the right situation. So CPAs are notorious very often for not being able to step out and actually give advice and instead just fill out the forms. So I'm just saying a CPA is critical to these 10 essentials for retirement, but I want you to find a good CPA that understands the financial overlap as well as the tax planning opportunities. And I think that's very rare to find a CPA who communicates or talks to financial advisors and especially a CPA who's also a financial advisor because they both so closely go hand in hand. So a CPA, one of the 10 essentials for retirement. Brian, what's the next one? 
Uh, the next one we'll be talking about on the second half of the show today, a multi-market portfolio. And what I mean by that is not, I have multi-markets. I have the Fidelity Total Index. I have the Vanguard 500. I've got whatever these indexes, and I'm in all these different stocks. Well, that's just one area. There's six areas to invest in. We'll be talking again later in the show, but cash, cash equivalents is one. The bond market, the stock market, real estate, insurance company products, and alternatives. So we need to look at all six of those to see if and how they fit in your portfolio. This is not a 60-40 stock bond split. Again, having that is not not your 10 essentials for retirement like a lot of people think. There are other markets to invest in. So having a multi-market portfolio that provides for security and cash flow, which are two things stocks and bonds don't typically do very well, but security and cash flow and proper real diversification, not just a whole bunch of different stocks or a whole bunch of different bonds. We're talking about the 10 Essentials for Retirement with Brian Hippens of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We've covered lifestyle plan, purpose, an estate plan, an umbrella policy, a health care plan, a CPA, and a multi-market portfolio. Brian, what is number eight? Number eight is having an advisor with access to alternatives and insurance company products. And the reason this is critical is, I talked about on, on previous shows, the do-it-yourself investor does not have access to many of the tools we talk about on this show. They're not allowed to by the SEC. So whether it's fixed annuities, fixed index annuities for accumulations, FIAs for lifetime cash flow, universal life, premium finance, opportunity zones, Delaware statutory trust, buffered ETFs, structured notes, private non-trade equity, debt REITs, private equity, all these different investment categories, you can't even access. So how can you build a proper retirement plan? So you need an advisor to access that, but having an advisor that actually understands all those terms I just threw out there, works with them, knows them at a deep level is critical to having uh, the 10 essentials for retirement. And Brian, I have heard you talk about the different types of advisors. There are comprehensive advisors, but is the other one a limited scope advisor? Yeah, that's a term I use for limited scope advisor as well. I've got a 60-40 stock bond split and a variable annuity to sell you. Okay, how about everything else that Brian talks about on his show? Hmm, not so much. So <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. You know, that's probably not where you want to <laughs> right. hang out all your money with. So just saying, I, I would want more better for myself. This is not, again, the mediocre show. People listening to this want, want a better life, and, and having access to the, the right tools in the toolbox is one way to have a better life. So an advisor with access to alternatives and insurance, that is a comprehensive advisor. Brian, we're up to number nine. What is number nine? having a charitable gifting plan. We talked about purpose and lifestyle and very often charitable uh, activities is part of that. And having a plan, whether it's to your, and it can be to your kids. Sometimes your, your kids are that charity, your, your favorite charity that you have to contribute <laughs> yeah. money to. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. But plan it out. Plan what you can, how you can help your kids. Maybe get it in their first house or get it, you know, whatever. Having a charitable gifting strategy that's tax efficient. If you're going to give money to charity, you might as well give more because you're saving on taxes when you do it. And there's many ways to do that, uh, certainly. And so I don't know if you're CPA is talking to you about that or your financial advisor, but we certainly do. And so that can be a very important uh, essential for retirement. So that is nine of the 10 essentials for retirement. Brian, let's wrap it up. What is number 10? I'm going to recommend an extended vacation when all you retire. All right. Don't don't just go and, you know, you start the honey-do list. You go golfing three times a week. And, and after six months, you go, huh, I'm tired of working on the house. And I'm kind of tired of those old coots that keep talking about the same stories <laughs> about their golf game every yep. single time we go golfing. And frankly, uh, it's cold and wet right now. I don't want to golf. What else do I got going on? We talked about, again, having purpose in life. But uh, one thing that I would recommend is, is kind of having that way to get away and just break free. Don't get into your old routines. Take that extended vacation longer than normal, kind of as a pattern interrupt mechanism so you can help transition into a successful retirement. And Brian, I have a friend who did just that. He retired. He bought a brand new Cadillac Escalade. He and his wife took off on a month-long journey around the country to visit all of the state parks. They had a wonderful time and stayed at first-class hotels. And that was his extended vacation. So those are the 10 essentials for retirement. Again, they're a lifestyle plan, purpose, an estate plan, an umbrella policy, a health care plan, a CPA, multi-market portfolio, an advisor with access to alternatives and insurance, 
charitable gifting plan, and finally, an extended vacation when you retire. Once again, if you've got questions about what we've talked about or you want to get in and get your 30-point analysis, the number to call, the phone lines are open right now, 833-673-7373, 833-673-7373. Get in and get your questions answered. It's not going to cost you a dime. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name is Jeff Shade. We've just finished discussing those 10 essentials for retirement. If you want to hear the show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll get this show and weekday takeaways so that you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, we'll be discussing six ways to invest passively. Stay tuned. Want more strategies that can help support the quality of life you want for 30 plus years? Well, stick around. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the six ways to invest passively. And Brian, when I think of passive investments, my mind immediately goes to the landlord who has a passive income that really does require a lot, a lot of work. What do you mean by the word passive in this conversation? Yeah, passive, uh, the passive investment that you just talked about is a term the IRS uses. They separate passive income from actively managing income and so forth for deductibility and so forth like that. Mm -hmm. But when I talk about passive income, I'm talking about truly the word passive, meaning you're not involved. So maybe an easier way to define it is to say what it's not. Active investing, people ask me all the time, well, what's the best investment out there? And they're thinking I'm going to say XYZ stock, and I, I never do. I say, well, the best investment there is, you know, write this down if, if you're not driving, the best investment there is, is an investment in yourself, right? in your education, in your skill sets. That is the best investment. That has the highest rate of return of anything I've ever seen. The little bit of money I spent on college tuition uh, way back in the day has returned uh, over and over and over for that. And so because I picked a vocation that I could be successful in, I, I actually uh, veered off. I was just going to be an accountant my whole life, veered into financial planning, and now I'm on the radio. They sure didn't teach me radio in accounting school, let me nope. tell you that. So, <laughs> so I certainly pivoted many times, but I uh, have a very successful career from that investment. The next investment, uh, best investment, is probably another active one, uh, investing in your career, your business, mm -hmm. putting money into your business, hiring people, helping grow your business, those kinds of things, buying proper equipment or computers or software or whatever that may be. I invest uh, in the radio here. I invest my time, my energy in writing books and articles and speaking and webinars and so forth just to get the education out there to help people. That's an investment of time or money. So I'm not talking about those kinds of investments. They're fantastic. They can be fantastic. Most of my clients that come to me, they have a lot of money, got it through their, their business profession or real estate or a combination of those. Most of them did not inherit money. If I'm on the East Coast as an advisor, there's a lot of multi-generational money. West Coast, not so much. We're mostly first-generation money. Most of our parents didn't have a lot of money. But then uh, a lot of successful businesses in the Puget Sound or the West Coast here now people are kind of first generation, so they earned it through, again, through their profession, through their business, through real estate, or some combination of those. Generally not through the lottery, through inheritance, or, you know, finding a bag of money on the side of the street, whatever. That's not generally how they got it. So we're defining passive investing, and passive investing, again, is exactly that, investments that you're not doing anything. So once you've done the, the active stuff and you have the money to invest, there comes a time where you don't want to work as hard as you used to. That's what we're talking about with passive investments. And passive does not necessarily mean perfect. Do you have a story or can you tell me about a client or someone that you know who has had maybe a passive investment that has found out that it really isn't total perfection? Oh, yeah. I've got uh, a million that are just on this one topic. Uh, I talk to landlords all the time and they say, well, my real estate's not a problem because I have a, a property manager. So it's passive. I'm like, okay. Do you ever think about your real estate when you're, you know, uh, just on vacation or, or going out? Well, yeah, I think about it all the time. And, and no, I don't think about it on vacation because I don't take vacations because even my property manager, when something big happens, they got to get a hold of me and I got to make decisions and, right. and we got to figure things out. I'm like, so you don't take vacations, but you have a passive investment. <laughs> 
Now, what's wrong with this picture? So that I think that's probably the primary example I would think of, Jeff, is people that say they you know, they have a property manager and they're passive. But no, you could get that call and something tragic happened at your rental or they just say, yeah, the roof failed or foundation's failing or whatever. You got to write a big old check and tenants trashed your place. When we noticed when we went in there, oh, the floor is all soggy and all that stuff and squishy and we got to completely redo <laughs> that. You know, all this stuff that can happen. That doesn't sound right. passive to me, Jeff. That no. just does not. <laughs> And so we can convince ourselves that it's not a big deal. But if you're thinking about it all the time and thinking about the issues and it's wearing you down, uh, you don't even know it sometimes. It's just kind of a drip, drip, drip kind of water torture kind of thing that over the years it, it can take its toll. And you get to a point in your life and you go, huh, I'm 80 years old and I didn't do all the things I wanted to do because I was worried about my passive rental. So there's an example of uh, when you think something's passive, even if you have property manager, but it really truly isn't. And there are a lot of options for passive investments. We know that. But at the end of the day, it depends upon what you want. So, Brian, what are some of the more passive investments that we're going to be talking about here today? Yeah, there's six areas that I've defined, six areas that you can invest in. But before anybody talks about investing in them, you have to understand your objectives. And I define that as five objectives. Investments, there, there is no perfect investment and there's no perfectly bad investment. They all have pros and cons. Every investment out there has pros and cons. And so it's finding the right mix. I can't just get on the radio and say, boy, invest in X, Y, and Z and you'll have a perfect retirement. Goodbye. We're done doing the show, Jeff. Let's go home. We'll never <laughs> come and record again in, <laughs> in our studios here. No, that's not going to happen. Define your objectives and prioritize them as to how important they are because they're all important, but to a different degree. Those objectives are generally in retirement in this order. Cash flow. I need cash flow to retire. Security. I don't want to go back to work. Tax savings, I don't want to overpay on taxes because that could get me. Growth of investments, it is an objective even in retirement. And finally, liquidity, you got to have access to money. So again, the five objectives, cash flow, security, tax savings, growth of investments, and liquidity. We want all five of those. And Jeff, I'm here to say it again, no one investment does all five of those objectives. It reminds me of Moneyball, if you watch the movie, uh, how are we going to recreate Giambi? He's awesome. We're going to recreate him in the aggregate. <laughs> We're going to have one guy that's fast, one guy that hits for power, one guy hits for average. We're going to recreate him in the aggregate. Well, we create financial plans in the aggregate. We will have some things that are really good at growth and liquidity. That's the stock market. The stock market is not very good at security and cash flow and tax savings. So we do something else. Universal Life is really good for security and tax savings or uh, an annuity is really good at cash flow and security and not as good at growth or liquidity. We're going to create the plan in the aggregate. And so those objectives are so important. Once we have determined the importance of each of those objectives, now we can start looking at the different kinds of investments that we can invest in passively. Okay, so let's start off with cash equivalents. And as you said, there are five objectives here. So talk about the pros and cons of cash equivalents as it relates to those five objectives. Yeah, cash equivalents, that'd be like money market CDs, checking account, whatever. The cash equivalent is important because we all need some access to liquidity. So that cash equivalents does liquidity quite good. If you have a, an expense coming up, you don't want to invest that in the stock market on short term. If you don't have at least several years to leave money in the market, you probably shouldn't be investing that money in the market. But certainly understanding how much liquidity you need and having access to cash when you need it. So in retirement, you might say, well, I need an extra 50 grand a year. So you'd maybe do some laddered portfolio with CDs and fixed annuities or, or fixed index annuities and something like that to ladder that out to have cash available when you need it. That's kind of investing 101 for folks that have access to that. And making sure that you don't have too much lazy money. Lazy money is I have a relative who I was looking at his accounts and noticed he had a whole bunch of money in something called high yield savings. And when I drilled down, high yield to them was 0.4%. Well, I knew I could get you know, an annuity that was guaranteed at over 5%. So basically 12x the investment for the same risk profile, none. Basically, you know, I'm like, well, why don't we just make this little move? And he was worried about having enough money for uh, long-term care if he ever needed it. And that one move alone, that single move would pay for half of his long-term care if he did need it just on the interest differential. So Lazy money is something I just want to mention, but cash equivalents, you're not going to get growth, a lot of growth. What well, you know, lately you can actually now that, that rates are up and we have inflation. So good news, bad news. The bad news is we have inflation. The good news is you can get a lot more money on your savings and CDs and, and fixed annuities. But cash, cash equivalents, we all need some of that. 
We're talking about passive investments with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs and the five objectives, cash flow, tax saving, security, liquidity, and growth. And we have covered cash equivalents. What's the next one, Brian? The next one is the bond market, which is the biggest of all markets. Now, the issue for people listening right now is because it's the biggest of all markets, you probably have, if you're just with a normal advisor or doing it yourself, you probably have a lot of bonds in your portfolio. They have not been performing well. And unless rates drop dramatically, they won't perform well in the future. Uh, It's just a math equation. So a big issue I see is over-reliance on bonds in your portfolio. Because when you go to most financial advisors and you go, I want to increase my security, decrease my risk, how do they do that? They buy more bonds. More bonds, more bonds. That's the answer, more bonds. Well, I don't think that's the answer, okay? So we got a big problem. We got a big disconnect there. When most of the country, again, that uses financial advisors, they're trying to guide their security and risk tolerance through the bond market. And I think that's not a great idea. So take a look at alternatives. We have those alternatives to the bond market. So I just wanted to mention that as it relates to bonds. So we've covered cash equivalents. We're talking about bonds and the other part of the market, which is actually not as big as bonds, would be what? Stock market. Mm -hmm. So again, back to my problem here. People go to their advisors and uh, call it the strip mall or big box advisor, and they come out of there and they've got a 60-40 stock bond split. Well, I just talked about the problem with the bonds and how we might want some alternatives to that. We got a problem with stocks. You know, they they can provide growth, but again, I, I mentioned they're not very good at cash flow and security. And what are the two primary things we want in retirement? Well, most of the time I hear it's cash flow and security. Well, how are you doing that? Uh, Stocks and bonds? (laughs) Well, okay. As I mentioned earlier, we define our objectives and relative importance of each. And if cash flow and security are high in relative importance and all you have are asset classes that aren't awesome at cash flow and security, Houston, we got a problem here. So we got to address that. But, you know, it is one of the six areas. We, We got cash, cash equivalents. We got bonds. We have stock market. We're talking about six markets to invest in, how to position passive growth and income from each of those markets. We talked about cash equivalents, bonds, and the stock market. Listening to the program today, you have questions about passive investing. Once again, we invite you to give us a call to get your Madrona 30-point analysis. That number, by the way, 833-673-7373. And no matter when you're listening, we have opened the phone lines right now so you can do that. Once again, that number to call 833-673-7373. You'll get a friendly voice on the other end of the line who'll take some basic information from you and set you up with a Madrona advisor who'll be back in touch with you in about a business day to find time to chat. Once again, that number 833-673-7373. There's no cost. There is no obligation whatsoever. Now, you've got to have at least $500,000 of investable assets to qualify, but those who do qualify as a bonus will also send you a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Once again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but this 30-point analysis could make all the difference. That number once again, and you can call right now if you wish, 833-673-7373. It's 833-673-7373. Make that call right now. We're talking about the six markets to invest in, how to position passive growth and income from each of those markets. Most people, Brian, I think have stocks and bonds with a little cash on the side. That's three out of the six. What would be the next one? Yeah, the next one is probably the most misunderstood of, of all the six, and that's insurance company products. And the reason for that is marketing. We got people spending a lot of money out there saying, I hate annuities and you should too. And on this show, you know, I, I think that's pretty disingenuous because, frankly, we always say there is no perfect investment and there's no perfectly imperfect investment. Every investment category has pros and cons. So to come out and say, I hate an investment category, that's ridiculous to me. Every investment category may have solutions for what you want. If you want security and you want cash flow guaranteed, why would you say you hate that if it provides that? Because you're not getting paid to sell it is the reason. You'll follow the money. If you hear a message and it says an absolute, like the stock market's going to crash or I hate annuities or whatever they're, they're saying, and they're making absolute statements to say, my investment is the perfect investment, everything else is terrible, run, walk away, go away. They're being disingenuous and just follow the money there. Every investment can be looked at. Insurance company products should be looked at. 
They're appropriate for a lot of people, especially in retirement planning, and there's different kinds. And so I want to define some of that a little bit. In the world of annuities, annuities is not a bad thing. An annuity is a series of payments for a long period of time, uh, maybe your, your life or maybe second to die if you have a spouse. What is wrong with that? That is not a bad thing. A pension is an annuity, essentially. Social Security, basically an annuity. They're a monthly payment. So that's not inherently bad. Because I have people coming in all the time. They tell me, I hate annuities. Why? Uh, I, I just do. Well, do you know anything about how they work? Not really. Well, then how can you hate something you don't even know anything about? Let me explain how it works and how it doesn't. And they're like, oh, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. You mean I could have cash flow for life, second to die, it can go up over time. If, I, if we both die prematurely, the money goes to my heirs if, and it can't ever run out and I take no stock market risk? Like, yeah. Oh, huh. Why did I hate that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. So annuities can perform a significant function. Again, there's different kinds. There's variable annuities, which uh, we don't really sell here. But they can have some advantages over other annuities because they can have better growth if, if you're in a good market. Basically, it's an annuity with some protections, but on an annual basis, you can lose money as opposed to a fixed index annuity, which doesn't generally lose money in a bad market. Uh, they usually have a floor of zero every year. So we can do a fixed index annuity for accumulation, a safe accumulation. It can't go backwards. It can only go up. We can do one with guaranteed lifetime cash flow that increases over time. That's another way to provide for retirement. And again, in retirement, what do we want? Cash flow and security. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, that, that's a possibility, certainly, to look at because that's their two primary functions, the cash flow and security. We can use something called a fixed annuity. That's in lieu of maybe a CD. It maybe has a higher return and it's fixed for a period of time. So if you think rates are going to drop and they're really attractive now, you might want to lock an insurance company in for several years, you know, three years, five years, seven years, having to pay you what you consider a high return. There's something called universal life. We all need to protect ourselves and our families with life insurance, especially when we have kids at home and so forth. And so there's two ways you can buy life insurance. You can buy a term insurance policy that will run out at some point to just get you through those years uh, with that life insurance protection. Or you can do a permanent insurance policy. We often offer something called a universal life policy. It allows you to build cash value within the policy. You can borrow against that in retirement tax-free. You can leave it to your heirs or your spouse or whatever tax-free with the death benefit. Fit, any combination of those two things has a lot of potential uses. So insurance company products can be a very vital function to protect your family, protect your cash flow, protect your spouse's cash flow, protect against markets going up or down. And especially on the downside, it can have a lot of, of uses. Some people don't need insurance company products. Some do. But be talking to somebody as he open to the possibility that that might be. And that's that's the problem we have is, is most people are told by their maybe listen to the ads and go, oh, I'm just going to ignore one of the six investment areas that Brian's talking about. Don't just ignore it because you heard it on, you, you read it on, on Facebook or something. Explore all six of the different markets to see how they can uh, help you or not. And I think insurance is one of those areas that is so highly misunderstood because when you say insurance, I think most people think of the death aspect of that. But really, you're talking about insurance for the living. So that's a very good topic there to explain. We talked about cash equivalents, bonds, stocks, insurance company products as we continue our conversation about the six markets to invest in and how to position passive growth and income from each of those markets. Brian, what is the next one? Next one is real estate. There's a lot. Just get out in your car. If you're driving around, look around. Somebody owns that stuff. If you're driving by a building or a house, somebody owns it. If it's a house, there's a 40% chance probably that it's a rental, that an investor owns it. I think that's the national average. Mm -hmm. If it's not a, a house, if it's an industrial park, a fourplex, an apartment building, a student housing, self-storage, investors own that ultimately. And so real estate market is huge. One of the biggest problems I see though is we hang on to our real estate too long to provide for the lifestyle we want. In the first half of the show, we talked about lifestyle and purpose. Is your purpose to change toilets and be the richest guy in the graveyard or guy or gal in the graveyard? Okay. Well then keep doing that until the day you die. But there are options to take your real estate and, and you know, we talk about it on other shows on our podcast, go on our website, uh, learn about the 1031 exchanges into Delaware Statutory Trust so you can truly have a passive investment in real estate. If you just have a property manager, I don't consider you passive. And certainly there are other passive real estate you can get into where there's private equity, private non-traded equity REITs, 
or Delaware Statutory Trust, all passive, but you can't access these on your own. As, as I comment in my seminars, you, you can't go on Amazon Prime and order yourself a Delaware Statutory Trust, a private non-traded no. uh, equity REIT, or a private equity fund. You have to go through an advisor that understands that stuff, SEC requirement. But passive real estate can be really important in a portfolio as a true diversifier. We saw in 2022 that the stock market and the bond market took a bad hit. Real estate didn't necessarily, depending on the kind of real estate you're in, just like it depends on which stock you're in as to whether you have success or not. But real estate is one of those six areas that you should explore. I'm not saying you should have a lot of it or a little or none or some. It's just something to explore with people that understand that aspect of it. And most financial advisors that I have met have very little experience in passive real estate markets. And I remember being on about the 14th floor of an office building with Hugh Bryan, and we looked out the window, and you were pointing to all the houses and buildings out there, and you said someone owns each of those houses or buildings out there. Some of them are private residents, but most were rentals. So real estate, that is active real estate. And certainly you were talking about REITs, uh, public and private REITs, that is passive real estate. So we've covered five out of the six markets to invest in. Brian, what is the sixth one? The sixth one is kind of a, a catch-all, alternatives and any alternative investments. So let me talk about a few of those. Uh, precious metals is one alternative investment. So there's a lot of people or a lot of companies out there uh, advertising the market's going to crash. What are you going to do? You need hard assets, that kind of thing. So they're promoting gold, silver, those kinds of investments. Pros and cons to everything. There are times when those investments can do well. And it's usually a diversifier versus the stock market. They're not correlated or sometimes negatively correlated. So you can use it in that respect. One of the negatives to to precious metal investing as a hard asset is that they don't produce a dividend and they don't produce any income. It costs money to hold it. So when I think of hard assets, I think of real estate personally. And one reason I like real estate personally is that it can produce rental income. And so even if it didn't go up in value, I've got the rental income. If my gold and silver didn't go up in value, I don't have anything. I don't right. have any income, you know. So that is a different kind of hard asset. But if, if you're trying to solve for cash flow and retirement, that, that can be a tough one because obviously it doesn't produce that. So other alternative investments might be private equity. Private equity is it's passive real estate, whereas a REIT or a DST, we already know what that real estate is, how much it costs, what the rents are on it. We know all the data points going into them. Private equity is different. Private equity has a higher risk profile and a higher potential return. So risk and reward because it's a development project generally. It hasn't been built yet. There could be a lot of gains from a properly developed project, there can be a lot of losses. So that's going up that risk return profile. But a lot of people say, well, I've got a lot of assets. I got plenty. And I, I like to have some that can have exceptional returns, potentially. I'm willing to take that risk. So private equity can be another asset class to put money into for those that it fits. And generally, you have to be an accredited investor to do private equity, to do Delaware Accessory Trust. You do have to be an accredited investor, meaning a million dollars net worth outside of your principal residence. So some of these alternatives, you, you need to be accredited. Some you don't, like gold, silver, you don't need to. Cryptocurrency, that's a, I guess I will call it an investment. It does go up and down. It's kind of like I, I remember when I used to open the sports page and Bobby Fisher was playing that Russian in chess yeah. and it was on the sports page. I'm going, well, <laughs> I guess there's a winner and a loser. I guess it qualifies as a sport, but I mean, I'm looking at Bobby Fisher going, you don't seem like an athlete to yeah, me. I'm right. not sure why this is on the sports page. Same thing with cryptocurrency. I yeah. can't wrap my head around it as an investment. I'm like, what are you investing in? Mm, some computer code somethings. Um, okay, I guess that's an investment because it goes up and down in value. So it, well, I'll, I'll throw it into the alternative spectrum here. But, you know, opportunity zones and, and structured notes and buffered ETFs. Again, it's kind of a catch-all for investment possibilities that don't really fit in the stock market, don't fit in the real estate, don't fit into bonds, cash-to-cash equivalents, or insurance company products. If it doesn't fit in one of those, we're going to throw it into my alternatives category. And sometimes it's good to have some alternatives if you got a, a well-diversified portfolio. Sometimes you just need to kind of go more bare bones with the stock market, insurance company products, and some real estate, but something that, that can be looked into. We've been talking about six markets to invest in, how to position passive growth and income from each market. And we've covered cash equivalents, bonds, stocks, insurance company products, which would include things like annuities and fixed index universal life policies. We've also talked about real estate and alternatives. 
Once again, if you've just joined us for this broadcast and you have some questions to ask of an advisor at Madrona Financial and CPAs, you want your Madrona 30-point analysis, quite simple to get that. We're opening the phone lines right now for you as in exactly this moment today. That number to call 833-673-7373 to request your Madrona 30-point analysis. Again, 833-673-7373. This analysis is not going to cost you a dime. When you do call today, a friendly voice will take some basic information from you, then schedule a call with an advisor within about a business day so you can start that conversation about six markets to invest in. Once again, no cost, no obligation for that. That number again, 833-673-7373. Make that one call right now. It could make all the difference. Well, Brian, we have had an interesting show here today. What would you say is your takeaway from all the things that we have talked about? I think that the takeaway, uh, certainly the first half, we're talking about having a better life and just making sure that you're looking at all the things that outside of just financial decisions, kind of the second half of the show is more about products and so forth that are available. But the key to that was what are you trying to solve for? And the products that you're, you're probably positioned in may not be solving what you want. We talked about how you know most people are in stocks and bonds with some cash. Stocks and bonds, while well, stock market can provide growth and liquidity, is not so awesome at generally in cash flow and security. And a lot of people are using bonds to supposedly add security to their portfolio. But if you had bonds in 2022, you look at that going, well, that lost a lot of money. It doesn't define me as secure. And so they, we got the wrong tools for the wrong job. And so we need to mix and match. You know, if you, if you do want cash loan security, uh, maybe you're looking at real estate and insurance company products and, and alternatives for that. But what's the ultimate goal here? It's not about the investments in the end. That's kind of the last thing we talk about. The first thing we talk about is what do you want? So the first half of the show, if you want to re-listen to it, the 10 essentials to retirement, most of that was not geared around investments and returns. And even the second half where we did talk about product, we prefaced it with what's the purpose of that? What are the purposes you're trying to solve for? Cash flow, security, growth, liquidity, tax savings, which is the most important to you? So I guess uh, in summary, you know, financial planning is really about trying to improve your life. We talk, I talked about earlier on the show, this is not about having a mediocre life. We want to have an exceptional life. And, and that is not being the richest person in the graveyard. That is how you live your life. And, and that's where we want to focus on things. And, and we do as a company focus on having a better life, not just having a, a better group of stocks or bonds. And once again, if our listeners have missed any part of the program today or they want to hear it all over again, we're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Brian Evans Growing Your Wealth. You'll get this show and daily takeaways so that you can keep on top of your wealth and how to grow it. Brian, we're out of time for this week. I want to thank you for your time. But most of all, as always, every week, I want to thank our listeners for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend, won't you, in this great part of the country that we live in? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantee the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliated entities Madrona Financial Services LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.